millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, everyone, to the Cult Popship Podcast. Or should I say, howdy, and welcome to the Cult Popship Podcast. Wow, what an interesting <laughs> thing to do, Richard. <laughs> so, uh, for those who can't see, which is everyone, mm. uh, Richard did not turn his video on for until right now. And I didn't know, he was like, I'll turn it on. And I was like, God, has he got someone, has he got someone with him? Like, is someone else there? But no, it was only just now when he said howdy, he turned it on. And he's wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> you fool. You goddamn fool. <laughs> Is there any world in which you would have expected me to be wearing a cowboy hat? Yeah. Okay. A cowboy world. Oh, yeah, a cowboy West world. world. Westworld, that's, mm. that's a good one. But anyway, I just thought that this would be a fun little visual gag for our cold open. Roll the intro music. <laughs> all right they come with here props we are now. everyone i'm i'm aj that's richard and we're here to, i've taken off uh, the cowboy hat don't worry guys it's not gonna be Thank that God. kind of episode um we're here to continue what we started uh in some some sense uh two weeks ago but in another sense years and years ago mm. because this is the uh second part of our second annual mcu roundup for film franchise follow-ups where we uh go through everything that's come out since our big blockbuster mcu episode we're doing it each year instead of in phases now because it just got too difficult too to, big. to keep too up. big yeah so um what what's the deal here we're going to be talking about the not disney the movies plus. this time yeah uh content the disney plus which is three tv shows two special presentations they've called them so we've got moon knight ms marvel and she hulk attorney at law which are our shows and then we've got werewolf by night the halloween special and the guardians of the galaxy holiday special which is a christmas special yeah and uh we we covered i am groot on a um mm. on a patreon episode so i think that that is technically in phase four but we've already covered this show which has very little to talk about yeah. in it uh, over on patreon so go check that out uh if you like so yeah richard let's fucking get into it what the hell is moon knight i have no recollection of moon knight <laughs> so yeah moon knight is uh mark specter who plays mm -hmm. uh oscar played by oscar isaac and yeah. yeah he he turns into moon knight but he's got multiple personalities so he's mark specter who's the cool badass who knows what to do with moon knight and then there's also stephen grant who's a big fucking weenie and turns into mr knight who's like a cool dude in a white uh, suit that's right 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, the bad guy is played by Ethan Hawke. And, mm. yeah, it's all, a lot of it's very, and, and it's all to do with Egyptian gods and stuff. He's the, the, like the avatar for F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, right. Conchu. Yeah, that was my first note with the with the show is that there were so many di- people were turning into different things, and then those people would turn into uh, different types of things, different versions of things, um, and it was just very like uh, it's not confu- confusing's the wrong word. It just felt a bit muddy at times. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. What did you think of the show? This was one I was really looking forward to. It was the first MCU TV show that was a new character, which was fun. Mm. All the other ones were like, True. "Hey, here's the side character. What if we gain their own TV show?" This was like, and I think that that was what. Yeah, it was. It was interesting seeing the TV format just being like look at this person go on their own adventure. So this was our first sort of introduction to, well, what is, you know, how do how does the MCU introduce a character on TV, which, you know, seems like it should be perfect for it. And love Oscar Isaac, love Ethan Hawke, uh, the character of yeah. Moon Knight is a fun character. And then the series was good. I just didn't really find myself caring about it that much like it it did the marvel sin of the last episode is just a giant cgi fight and um, but there's some there's some interesting stuff before that with mm. um and, and some and some great acting but this this is a this the showrunner for this show was um mohammed diab i believe who sort of quite i don't know proudly sort of said like yeah, this is my my first time as a showrunner, and uh, and he got the job by um, like writing a, a massive this massive document of how he would tackle Moon Knight, and I think that there's just a little bit of like, yeah, this is someone's first time doing this. It was like right. just the way the plot was structured, the way the episodes sort of flowed was just a little bit. Mm, first timey I'm, I'm i'm sorry yeah like you have to apologize to me mate i understand there's 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 definitely good stuff there but um yeah overall i found it disappointing but not necessarily in a way that i was 100 percent able to put my finger on i thought uh it was as more or less disappointing as every other marvel show to come before it um I think that the uh, the the thing that I thought was interesting is like it's it's reminiscent of uh, WandaVision in a way because the series goes to some quite alienating places for what you might think of as the MCU demographic, like mm. the people who what they what they're wanting from their movies and shows, like near the end of the season, uh, Oscar Isaac wakes up in a in a and he's institutionalized and. The idea is like it's trying to make you think this was all a dream or he's gone crazy. What? Which I watch watching, I was like, interesting. This is very Twin Peaksy for a for a Marvel thing. Um, it's not really clear what's going on. But then, just like WandaVision, uh, it sort of then explicitly spells it out for you mm. in case you were getting angry that you didn't understand uh, what was going on. Um, yeah. Hmm. 
I have so little memory of this show. We didn't <laughs> well, the, rewatch these for yeah, the episode, yeah, which, again, yeah. you know, now it's getting to the point when something th- this long ago, maybe we should have. Maybe well, yeah, I mean, a it was TV like show with so much story. Or, or something. Yeah, yeah. No, it was 30th of March that it debuted. But yeah, it was, um, I think even at the time it was unmemorable. Episode to episode, I was like, can't really remember what happened last week. There was a lot of people talking about how bad the CGI I remember in the first episode. But I think, like, every episode I watched, and I was like, yeah, it was a good one. Like, probably every episode I was like, it was my favorite one of the season. And then, yeah, I don't know, just something about it just never really clicked for me. What did you think of Oscar Isaac's English accent? His his London accent. All right, mate. He'd say stuff like that. Yeah. But it is funny that it's like, I mean, there is a character reason for it to be bad. I guess so. But it is funny that, like, it's not just an English accent. It's like, I'm going to say bruv. I'm mm. going to say, like, very specific, like, not necessarily, like, regional, but, like, stuff that, like, will draw attention to the accent. <laughs> mm. But it's like, that's how they talk. <laughs> I guess so. I guess yeah. it is. <laughs> like, I don't know, what do you want him to do? Not say bruv? And then it'll be like, yeah. he's not doing a very good English character because he never he says He should bruv. have said bruv. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that uh, there is, I, I thought the character was interesting and seeing the different sides of him was interesting. But the new theme for me with Marvel TV shows, and I think this oh, here first he one is in- indicative of it. This is AJ's broad mm. sweeping statement. I just think they made the villain too relatable and then they had him blow up a hospital. What what was bad about what was good and bad about um Ethan Hawke in this show? He probably had some good No, no, actually no, he was more like if you are destined to do something evil, you should be killed before you do that evil thing. That's right, yeah, yeah. That was his deal. Which is, I think that's a good villain motivation, actually. I'm coming around. I'm coming around. I think that's a good idea. (laughs) No, I think that's an example. And then they have to have him kill an old lady. (laughs) I think that's an example where, like, you are meeting in the middle between, like, I understand his motivation, but I don't agree with it. Mm. Um, and I think I think that's, that is an interesting... So one point. One point to Moon Knight. Yeah, I think that the character was a little bit boring, I thought. And I was like... Yeah, it was I one of those things. Like, the first few episodes, I was like, uh, kind of annoyed they wasted Ethan Hawke on this because you're one of my favorite yeah, actors. Yeah. And then I... The, the episodes where it does the like, is it real or not? And he sort of gets to play a second character almost. That was quite mm. fun. Um, but yeah. also he, while he was shooting Moon Knight, he just one afternoon, he thought, you know, what? Oh, I've wrapped early. I'll just go wander across the bay, see what my friend Ryan Johnson is filming. And then mm. he, that's how he did his little cameo in Glass Onion. I've thought about that cameo every day since seeing the film. Like, and if you haven't seen Glass Onion, it's not even a spoiler. Unless mm. you didn't know he was in it, I guess. Mm. He plays like a, a very small role in a scene which doesn't really have all that much impact on the film. It's very strange that he was that they used like Ethan Hawke, who I think would be a great like lead Main cast character, member for yeah. a Benoit Blanc, uh, Ryan Johnson, who done it. Um, and yeah, yeah, now they can't use him again, unless I guess could, <laughs> that yeah. character comes back. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. Uh, so what? Um, what I was going to say, I didn't even get to my broad sweeping oh, wow. statement about, about TV shows. Uh, I think that. Each Marvel show, uh, I'm sure there's a few exceptions, but it feels like I watch two the first two episodes and I'm like, wow, 
fresh, new, interesting. Could this be the thing that breaks the superhero malaise? <laughs> Could this be the thing that that heals the fatigue, the fig fatigue? Ooh. And then Feige <laughs> fatigue. I, I guess it's Feige, isn't it? <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, how has no one said Feig fatigue yet until <laughs> now? But it's because it's not it's fucking not pronounced that way. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I'll watch the first episodes, think it's really cool. Then I'll watch episode three a week later and I'll feel like I've missed two or three episodes in between two and three because they jump to like what the middle of a show feels like. I guess. Mm. Is that a, does that make sense? It's, so it's in a like, six episode show... You don't like yeah. that the first two episodes feel like the setup, and then the middle two feel like the middle. I think, I think, and this was true of Loki. Mm-hmm. I think these are not shows that are designed to have six episodes. Mm. I think these are shows that are designed to have 10, 100. 12, a hundred episodes, and so we 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 the pacing is all over the place, and it's usually when pacing's bad, I feel strange and I feel like oh this is a this is a weird that these events are happening already. But with Marvel shows, I just feel like I I'm not following it. I've missed something, or I've I like there, there's some storyline I don't understand. I got this real bad with Ms. Marvel, and and a little mm. bit with um with Moon Knight. But yeah, that's I don't even know how to fully articulate this feeling. Right. So your problem with Marvel yeah. shows is that you're dumb. I'm dumb. You're and too dumb they're for Marvel. Too smart. They're, they're too smart. For me. <laughs> so speaking of starting off with two really good episodes, the next show we mm. got was Ms. Marvel, which mm. started off with two really good episodes, I thought. And then- this one's more like you can explain better why this one went downhill, I guess. Yeah. What you th- what's Ms. Mm. Marvel about? Ms. Marvel is about a young woman who, uh, what happens? She, like, receives the power of some powerful stone and becomes a superhero. An amulet. An amulet. No, what is it called? Uh, you know. Well, you said amulet. <laughs> <laughs> Bangle. Bangle. Ah, yes. Um, and, yeah, what what else is there to say about Ms. Marvel? She's a fan of Yeah, Captain she's a big Marvel. fan of the Havengis. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the character's name? What which character? Oh, Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan, yes. Um, what did you think of this show? So this one, like the first episode, I was like, "Fuck yes, this is the the fucking you know the gabagool we've been needing mm. from Marvel." And it was like such a fresh, this really fun, fresh perspective of like this massive fangirl. Uh, the it had this like almost Spider Verse like sort of you know the like pow and blam you know uh title cards but like it would just you know as if Kamala Khan had doodled on her own tv show and it was like just a such fun refreshing like and then and yes this is what you can do in a tv show and then episode two was like damn like Marvel's done it like this might be their best tv show and then episodes three four and five are just like the most run of the mill boring shit, <laughs> and like, but the thing is, so that they they do this whole, which is this really interesting plot line that I think was probably really important to show about the partition of India and um, they end up going to Pakistan and and all of this stuff and yeah, on paper it seems in- incredibly interesting. Yeah, but the show just completely, it's like the show forgot it had a style and it's. It, there's there's none of the the fun doodling or anything like that. It's not like the show 
get serious. It's actually just like it was made by a couple of different people that didn't watch the first two episodes. And then the direct, the showrunner, director, head writer, whatever you want to call them, um, came back into the finale. And the finale was fun. It was a satisfying finale. But yeah, it was. It was. This was just such a bizarre series that they introduced this really fun style and then just abandoned it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Again, like I'm finding, I, I, I put aside a couple hours to record this episode and it's like these shows i'm sorry they are so forgettable they are so middle of the road that i just genuinely have nothing to say about each one i don't have a single nice or like happy memory from Ms. marvel other than that cool style that the Mm. show started out with um she ends up being a mutant or some shit i remember that i remember some corner of the internet being excited about that and then also plays the x-men 97 theme song Mm. um in that moment i've i've heard so many people be like oh my god when the theme song for the x-men the animated series showed up i was so excited and i I, i've never watched the show i don't know what the theme song sounds like but apparently it's iconic this is not helping because they used it in multiverse as well apparently but yeah um yeah, because she has she she has this bangle that gives her powers, and Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel in the comics, has stretchy powers, but in this she has more like Green Lantern powers. And yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's like she the bangle gives her powers, but she's also a mutant. Yeah, that's dumb. I think that's dumb, and I and I also think like. It's they need to have someone else they- use the bangle and not be able to use it and be like, oh, it works for you because it unlocks right. this mutant gene. Yeah, because at another a triple layer on top of this, like, too many things at, at, at the same time. Mm. Is She's also like, like a woman, and it's like, why did they have to make it so forced? <laughs> why did Ms. Marvel have to be a woman? <laughs> no, um, like, what are the odds that someone who's that big of a fan of Captain Marvel would get captain marvel-esque powers i guess Mm. is is something that i wonder as well like it all felt a little too perfect and and like that first episode where she goes to avenger con fantastic um, i don't know i just thought and also there were like people dressed as loki and it's like that's you're dressing as hitler yeah yeah no one no one the general public doesn't know about loki's heel turn (laughs) although i guess actually also this this show establishes that scott lang has a podcast that's true scott, scott lang ant-man and so it's like this fun thing that any you know how does the public know about x plot line in the mcu now they can just be like oh scott mentioned it on his podcast <laughs> Do pe- wow, fuck people really were dressing up as loki i can't move past that like like this is like how in thor love and thunder yeah there's the infinity cones yeah 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 and it's like that's like having a a, a double scoop place called twin towers (laughs) so what did you think about the forced diversity of ms marvel (laughs) um sorry this is such a disjointed way to record i I didn't expect (laughs) him to be i didn't well i knew he'd be doing stuff but i didn't i I didn't know it'd be like this loud and from my room Mm. he's like 10 feet away i thought it would be way quiet you can probably hear me saying this. That's how close he is to my door. <laughs> Did, should we just move on to the next one? Just yeah. race through these. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you have not much left to say, um, I will. it's worth mentioning for the show the post-credit scene of it mm-hmm. where she's just in her room chilling out and then, bam, she uh, swaps places with Carol Danvers. Uh, Brie Larson makes a cameo appearance. Mm. And... 
Yeah, the show gets political all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it, it managed to get so far through without being political with its uh, cast. Partition of India. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's people of colour made cast. Mm, and then, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is presumably a setup for the Marvels where they're going to be swapping places and shit. But yeah, I'm excited for the Marvels. I'm sure there'll just be some fun, you know, quips and exchanges between Kamala and Carol Danvers. And that's what we're here for. Quips. That's the thing about Marvel is there just haven't been enough quips. What happened to classic Marvel? Quippy Marvel. I miss all mm. that. <laughs> uh, so the last show of the year, we're just racing through these. Now, She-Hulk. I thought this would be a two and a half hour episode. I thought this would be a two and a half minute episode. We've actually gone way over what I thought. <laughs> I don't have time to read this episode. So what's She-Hulk Attorney at Law about? She-Hulk Attorney at Law is about Bruce Banner's cousin, Jen Walters, uh, and she is a lawyer, and they go on a holiday together where they get in a car accident and their bloods mix, which is a gross thing to depict happening. To do with your cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it turns her into a more advanced version of Hulk, so she can transform into Hulk, but she still maintains her mind, unlike mm. what classic have Hulk you, had. Have I told you the story on the podcast of when... I was at Disneyland with Jess and Vincent that we were walking past someone, I think in a round Avengers campus. And we just overheard this girl saying to the people she was with, not only is that sus, but that's sus with your cousin. (laughs) (laughs) She's right. Um, (laughs) I mean, maybe she was talking about She-Hulk, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This is is like a show which... uh, This is a big departure, I think, from the previous MCU shows, and it has a lot Mm, more Because it's really good. It is good, and it feels like... um, You know how, like, you wouldn't call Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and WandaVision the same stream of show? right they're both technically mm-hmm. mcu set yeah sure but like in the same way like this I, maybe because it's more like sort of sitcom focused it doesn't feel like it's in line with ms marvel or or uh moon knight i don't think mm. um it, it, it embraces doing like case of the week episodes um and uh, the 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 big I didn't know much about She Hulk going into this, but the big thing I knew was she, it was like she's Marvel's Deadpool, as in the MCU's Deadpool, because she <laughs> can talk, she can break the fourth wall. And people were like, "Is that going to be built into the the makeup of the show?" And I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad there's not a plot reason why she can break the fourth wall. I don't think it needs that. But mm. and it, it allows for some some really quirky moments and some really quirky ideas. Um, and I thought that was cool. What did you think of uh, the the show overall? You liked didn't you i I can tell i i fucking loved the show i thought it was so good this is the one that feels like it it makes the most out of being a tv show Mm. i mean like you'd say the bit wandavision but then wandavision at its end was just like uh we just want to be marvel whereas she hulk felt like no we we want this to be a tv show Mm. um i just i thought it was so fun i loved the character of jen um and not not just for horny reasons okay i wasn't that <laughs> i didn't mm. say that <laughs> well i know what people are thinking mm. people Hor- are thinking horny thoughts okay no that's fair enough yeah i yeah I, I thought it was just so much fun i looked forward to every episode 
and yeah I, I just thought it was fantastic it was fun having uh daredevil show up and for jennifer to look at the camera and say that he made her come real hard did she yeah i don't remember that i don't remember well, her saying i came real hard well she doesn't use those exact words well she i think she says squirted <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> uh no yeah she says like no that was uh, she's like talking about the the, the episode having a satisfying conclusion and she's uh, like trust me very satisfying right yeah it's interesting the show felt it was like it was a, it was willing to be a lot more um horny i guess than than a lot mm. of mcu fair um which is which is cool always always in support of that did <laughs> like trying real hard to be like but i do think that jesus uh would be like <laughs> i would now, like i do to- think it's cool i'm i'm obviously in support of that but there is someone's consent they didn't get <laughs> <laughs> i'm just worried about the children watching this <laughs> Uh, I thought that um, it was cool to see Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky back. Mm. I enjoyed seeing that. I One of my favorite things in the MCU, one of the, the few like morsels of satisfaction I can get now from the MCU is seeing them do like referencing very old abandoned storylines. Mm. And Emil Blonsky is one of the, like, as, as Abomination is one of the big examples of that. Um, I thought that was cool. I thought that the idea to make the like villain force of the show like incels incels the same people who will be like attacking the show in real life was so funny and like it's so good i was seeing tiktoks that were like like you know so upset with this and i was like this is delicious like yeah jessica (laughs) jessica gow who's the creator would be like just num num numbing all of these comments (laughs) like loving them and there's like clips you see um, Intelligentsia is this website that's like anti she It's literally just Reddit. Like it's yeah, the yeah. exact same <laughs> layout. And the comments on there are just taken. Um, you, you see our Bambassadors marketing team email. Yeah, sorry. We, <laughs> we've, someone's leaked the Colt Popter email and we get spam every day now. How, how does one escape a spam email trap like this? Mm. This feels impossible to get away I feel from. Like we, just need, we need to update our um, spam filter. Anyway, that... A lot of the comments on Intelligentsia and stuff are from when the first trailer was released or when the show was right. announced. Nice. That, like, all these things of, like, oh, why does Hulk have to be a woman now? <laughs> yeah, it, it was, I, I just, I, every episode I just lapped up. Because I, I also, uh, you know, just, um, if, you, if you'll indulge me for a moment, I got to watch the first four episodes of this uh, before the show came out. Mm-hmm. And... Was like, and I saw like the twerking with Megan the Stallion and all this stuff, and I was like, I just, I just loved how unapologetic it is, and just like yeah. it's, it's, it's baiting. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. These nerds. Yeah, and I think I think the best the best uh, statement I saw on it was like, 
sorry incels not everything is made for you not every show is Mm. made for you and so i really enjoyed that um what i didn't enjoy like and you know i like to think i'm i'm a feminist and i would love to see more of uh this kind of thing in the mcu i'd like to see more of she-hulk too if you know what i mean but i'm also a feminist i I found myself (laughs) livid with the show and running to the internet to complain about it not because of the feminist themes but because i've just started watching the sopranos and in like the third third or second episode of she-hulk they spoil like a major character death and i was like oh fuck i can't i can't actually remember what they said but at the time i was like god damn it like and it's like um do you remember when uh bad moms 2 spoiled game of thrones or even more recently for our podcast the this, this is, 40. is 40 spoiling lost that has surely like this has got it like what are the rules around this this feels like such a gray area it feels like the, i feel like doing in, the sopranos is like safe i guess so it just feels like you're entitled what idiot to would be, still be watching the sopranos for the first time you're not even watching it so i'm more cultured than you yeah no but because i'm not an idiot that would start it in 2022 i loved um i i loved uh the the character of madison though no was there no medicine yeah i think so she was fantastic she was great fun what did you think of the final episode of the show? That feels like it better be the biggest. Um, yeah, that's point. what people want us to talk about, isn't it? I I fucking loved it. I and it's such a me ending that it's just like this screw the audience meta, you know, over the top insane thing. And it's yeah. So so what happens is that she climbs out of the TV show she's in, hops into her into the Disney Plus menu. And then goes into Marvel Studios Assembled, which is the behind the scenes sh- uh, documentaries they do. And she goes into the writer's room for uh, She-Hulk and tells them that she's not satisfied with the ending. And they say, well, Kevin makes all the decisions. And Kevin is actually a artificial intelligence, not Kevin Feige. And then she... Or Feig. She, do- she discusses the, the ending of the show with him and... There's a fun. There's some fun little lines where they talk about you know Marvel's shortcomings and they tease the mutants coming and then she also speaking of coming as well asks if she can have Matt Murdock back because a girl has needs y'all. Mm. They also make a, a crack at how expensive the visual effects were right at the height of like Marvel being criticised for this sort of stuff. I was like, oh god! I bet when they wrote this, they weren't expecting that they'd be being dragged through the the press for. Um, exploiting their their um animators uh because they're like can you please transform back into into gen but do it off camera so because we don't have the budget or something um i liked it i thought that um it, i i was very paying close attention to it because it was like uh if the, there's only like so much that this sequence can do for it to avoid feeling like it's cheating and it was mm. it was it was like it was about story structure and not like closure where there wasn't any character arcs closed in that in that sequence which i thought was was an important way to do it and she like made it so that so that like hulk wasn't uh there at the final battle because she wanted to be the hero at the end of her own tv show and things mm. like that and that was cool so i really liked that um and uh yeah i i i think my biggest surprise from the show was like i've been um I've I've never watched Daredevil and I've never been interested in watching Daredevil and people have tried mm. they've, they've said AJ please please watch Daredevil and I've said no when he showed up in Spider-Man No Way Home couldn't give a shit I was Didn't like who's care. that who is that who's this guy 
Um, <laughs> seems like he feels would like never, this guy needs more context. Yeah, <laughs> this guy looks like he would like never be able to support his own show. I quite liked him in this. I thought he was quite a fun he character. Was great. The, the chemistry between the two of them was fantastic as well. Yeah, and and like it was like I think last year on the MCU Roundup episode, I was like the deadpool show the new deadpool show born again is going to have to get a lot of buzz daredevil. for me to for me oh sorry daredevil um gonna have to get a lot of buzz for me to be interested in it uh and uh yeah i i might check it out now based on this i'm not gonna watch the previous show though no chance well we have to because we we have to watch born again i mean yeah and, we and that's these. what i'm saying that's what I'm saying. I'll watch that, but I'm not watching Netflix's Daredevil. I'm not. I'm not stooping mm. that low to that trash no, yeah. TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck everything mm. and fuck the people who like stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Kevin, mm. Brian T. Delaney provided the voice for him. They offered it to Kevin Feige, but he declined mm. it. They did originally want to. St- Dunk cast Kevin with a very handsome uh, James Bond type man in a tuxedo, such as George Clooney or John Hamm. And it was also considered uh, at one point to have Edward Norton appear in the episode. Nice. I would have liked that, actually. Mm. I did like that they acknowledged that, like, Hulk, when he's on the phone to Jen, is like, that was a whole other life ago. I was literally a different person then. And then yeah. Jen, like, looks at the camera and goes, ha. That's like maybe one of the only examples of recasting that I've actually like that I thought was like a funny way to reference. Usually this the stuff is just like ignore it, pass over it, please don't reference mm. it. But that was funny. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, man. This show was great. This is one of my favorite Marvel projects, I think. Nice. And does that make me a cuck? Does that make me a cuck? Are you asking me? Yeah. Uh yes. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah damn so. right. Damn right. <laughs> Yeah, I liked it. I don't know if I'll revisit it or if it meant as much to me as, as it meant to you. I don't know if any Marvel thing can truly stir stir my brain these days, but mm. it was fun. I didn't like how at the end, though, Hulk is just like, and here's my son, Scar. Yeah, right. Who's that guy? Yeah, it feels like it was supposed to be a big moment, but it's just like, oh, do you know? Okay. Do you know what it is? Is that in the franchisification of movies... Uh, we have lost, like, and Marvel's usually pretty good at this, but that is an example of a bad, bad version. We've lost the finesse to plot twists and cliffhangers and reveals. Mm. I think, like, like, uh, this, you know, you know, like, um, talking about like Morbius, how shit its post-credit scenes are. It's mm. because they're not understanding like the narrative, like, uh, structuring of of these things being important. And I thought the same thing about the uh, like the the classic example is the end of Alita: Battle Angel, where it's like this is only mm. a plot twist if you know who a certain actor is, and mm. things like that. Like, there's there's and that felt like it was ticking a box of like, all right, it's the end of an MCU show. Um, here is a hint of what's to come in a future movie mm. or project. Um, so yeah, I agree with you there. Well, thank you for agreeing with me. It'll never happen Any final again. thoughts on Shunk? No, good stuff. A rare glimmer in the darkness. Probably the, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe the most like, like I, I feel like Black Panther: Wakanda Forever maybe has like higher emotional heights, but this is probably mm. the, the all around better project from. Yeah, must be fun as well this this year. Mm. So, I hope you've got your spooky hat on. Let me just I'm put putting it on. mine on. Oh my god, it's the same hat. 
You said you weren't going to put it back on. I didn't say is that. Is that one spooky about it? I like how the strap isn't strapped around your chin. It's just in front of your face. It is on my chin. What well, is now? I liked it better before. Thank you. Well, that's a fun visual gag. <laughs> Anywho, on tw- on for, for Halloween, we had a Halloween special called mm-hmm. Werewolf by Night. Oh, this stars uh, Gael Garcia Bernal. And is directed by Michael Giacchino, which That's is an right. interesting yeah, yeah. choice for direction. He's um, done a lot of uh, composing music. Mm. and Probably one of the best musical composers working in film mm-hmm. and television. Mm. Uh, Werewolf by Night is about... And, spe- like, and special presentations. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Werewolf by Night is about a like society of... Oh, God, I can barely remember. A society of, like, heroes, like monster hunters, right? Yeah, monster hunters, yeah. And there's, like, this... The best monster hunter has died and has left some MacGuffin up for mm. grabs to whoever is can beat this monster they've, they've acquired for this maze. And so all the main characters go, go out to try and fight this monster, and we stick with one guy who's revealed as actually friends with the, the Cthulhu-esque beast that man thing. is man oh, it's man thing um that is roaming through the maze and he is a werewolf by night evidently uh yeah where else would he be one <laughs> um and that is what it's about right there's there's like another mm. main character in there but it's a very um yeah it's one of those things like i'm not sure what the what you call the type of genre or like or, or start out but it would be um like Smoke and Aces is like another example of this, of just like the, the like group of assassins kind of thing, right? Almost like um, yeah, a yeah. battle royale, sort rat of thing. race. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What do you think? What do you think of it? Oh, oh <laughs> you go first. So, uh, yeah, I, I, this this the other thing about this one is that it uses like stylized black and white cinematography, and yeah, when the first trailer for this came out, I was like, oh damn, oh damn. Mm. and yeah and then when it came out i was like oh, i'm down All right. and yeah i mean it d- didn't didn't necessarily blow me away but i thought it was like hey yeah like you know we talk about yeah finally the mcu's doing something different because there was a couple less quips in it but this really felt like they were actually yeah. doing something different like even just to to stylistically look at and it was, a, I think, a good omen for the idea of these special presentations that maybe they can be a bit more, you know, on the wacky side. And, yeah, I mean, I, I thought Man-Thing was adorable. He was good fun. I thought that the um, main character was was great. Yeah, it was just like, it was just, a, yeah, a nice mm. solid little Halloween special and hard to really fault in any major way. But, yeah, just a nice little breath of fresh air, nice little 45-minute story. Yeah, I enjoyed mm. it. Yeah, I think that the um the the special presentation might be the, the the space between spaces for Marvel to actually do stuff that actually is genuinely stylistic and genuinely experimental that they're refusing to do in their films and don't seem to want to do in their TV shows any either. So it's like yeah, it's it's it is like a cool new format to to bring into the fray. Um, and I thought this was pretty good. I think um, the most interesting thing about it for me was like how far removed it was from any mm. other Marvel thing. It was it was truly its own little thing. Uh, did, did it have like a post credit scene or anything? Uh, I don't think so. No. Hmm. It probably did. It, ha- it must have. 
It must be. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I liked it, and I thought that the that the um, the use of black and white and the the sparing use of color was very captivating. And do you think that we will see these characters come back again sometime? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what fucking Secret Wars is for, isn't it? Is it? Or, well, yeah, just to bring back everyone. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be very surprised. I also think that maybe this realm we will explore again, mm-hmm. that this, you know, the Monster Hunters and spin-offs of them, that I think this is, this almost feels like we're being, you know, when the Guardians of the Galaxy first came out, that that was like, we're being introduced to the cosmic side of the MCU. I think right. that this is like, we're being introduced to like the, the horror side of the MCU. Oh, yeah. And I think, think we'll probably get more characters and more specials in this sort of mm. tone this is almost like a backdoor pilot in a way to, mm. yeah, yeah to not necessarily a show but a whole a whole new side the whole fucking you know <laughs> yeah 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 totally um yeah cool i liked it didn't love mm. it but i liked it did you want to talk about just guardians holiday special then yeah we're racing through i'm so glad this is so hot in my room mm. i can't handle this it's so hot in this hat <laughs> you, you can take the hat off if I open the window, you'll hear the children playing next door. And I would never subject my audience to that. I can't take it off. Richard Richard can't take that. Let me explain. Richard is trying to remove his hat. However, the strap that goes around his chin is comically catching on his chin every time he tries to take it off. Thus describes the visual gag. Oh, he took it off. What a great... Oh, he's put it back on! He's taken... Oh, he's... Bu- oh! <laughs> That's the most exciting part of the episode. So, hey, take it <laughs> off. We're entering the cowboy part of the MCU. So th- this uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, that's simply what it's called. This is, yeah, the cast from Guardians of the Galaxy. And this is about, they realize, oh, you know what? Quill is sad. Peter Quill, Star-Lord is sad. It would be Christmas on Earth. Let's get him a Christmas present. So what do they get him? They get him the actor Kevin Bacon. Yes. Pause for laughs. He's playing himself <laughs> because, yeah, he's he's mentioned him in the past. They, they talk about when he talked about Footloose and he said, like, the great warrior, Kevin Bacon. And it was this funny joke in the first movie and now it's a whole special. So Mantis and Drax go it's, to It's Earth. really a Mantis and Drax buddy story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's revealed in this as well that Mantis and Quill are half-siblings because her dad was Ego as well. And they do like the little Marvel, I can't remember what they're called, but the Marvel Legends, I think they're called, uh, where they do a little catch-up of a character before anything comes out. So, you know, before Black Widow movie came out, they did, like, here's everything you need to know about the character before the movie. And they did one for Mantis before this, and it it used a clip from this that revealed that they're siblings. (laughs) And then they had to take it down because they spoiled like probably the only notable Spoilerable. plot element in this. Is it that notable though? Like I've said this before, but familial plot twists are so like whatever to me that they can. Yeah, but also like, why would you put it in the thing that's before it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, of like, course. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this? It's fun. It's cute. It's inoffensive. It's like I I probably have no desire to ever watch it again. It's not going to enter my annual christmas rotation Mm. i think that being announced a few years ago and coming out a month before christmas doesn't help it i think that if this had been a christmas eve surprise drop or something like that they would have it would have you know 
been looked on a lot more fondly. Mm. But because there's like there's two the old ninety sevens play that they're a band they play the band in it and there's like two scenes where there's just like full songs um and it's like it feels very christmas specially which is not you know it's a fucking holiday special like it should feel like that but i think that coming out so you know only a month but so long before christmas and being teased for so long has been like you have to watch this before volume three it's going to be like live action it's going to be everything that yeah it's just kind of like eh you know whatever and I yeah, I think that being a surprise or having less lead in I think probably would have helped it. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I liked the the first song that the old ninety sevens sing about sort of like a misinformed I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. Yeah, it's a, yeah, like and it's full of very fun, almost Yankovician uh quips mm. about like misconceptions about christmas i thought that was fun um there's a bit of mixed media in this where the, the flashbacks are animated um and uh i thought that was that was kind of interesting but overall i thought this was pretty average pretty unnotable i thought the the biggest the the the, the strongest emotion i felt watching this was like this is so weird like mm. the whole kevin bacon stuff is so odd and like I feel like it didn't go anywhere. Like they capture him and then they take him to nowhere, and then no. But like, then he le- they learn the 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 meaning of Christmas. He calls his wife Kara Sedgwick and says, "Hey, there's I'm on another planet, and they need to learn the meaning of Christmas. So I'm going to sing them a song, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is like it, it it is very it's 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 a throwback. It's it's it harkens back to obviously the." Star Wars Holiday Special, which James Garner said he's a big fan of and, you know, wanted to sort of recreate that. Mm. And so it's like stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, of course it's, you know, fucking like a little bit cheesy and it has two full songs in it, even though it's only like 40 minutes long. I actually thought they should have leaned into that more. I think this should have had like segment breaks where we see like Groot do a Christmas carol. A poo. No, a poo. What are you talking about? like do you know what i mean like if yeah, like yeah. halfway like between the second and third act it was like and and now it's time for for groot's christmas carol and they introduce like a character that goes down as one of the best in the franchise yeah yeah. just like the star wars holiday special did with boba fett yeah i thought that would that would have been way more interesting i think if, if it was if they lent more into the variety special yeah, um, sure. side of it because it, it feels like they're wanting everything to be plot relevant i would have let, allowed for this to be 15 minutes longer and have mm. 15 minutes of like non sequitur sketches so it feels like you're watching like a talent show in between <laughs> you know i think that'd be fun and that, and that way you can include because like um a lot of the characters are, are sort of sidestepped in this like there's not a lot of Groot, there's not a lot of rocket there's not really a lot of star lord to be honest compared <laughs> to, to how much you might expect there to be um and you know maybe you can even do like uh a, other you know who's another mcu character who could appear in this some, um, there's dozens. A could have been in it, doing a Koye's uh, Christmas. Um, would they? Would would <laughs> Wakandans celebrate Christmas? Do you think? Well, maybe that's what it is that they go to Wakanda. Oh, other other like, holidays around. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Or or like in, incorporates other holidays and and like mm. like you know, you know so like maybe what's the um, 
Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa might be what they celebrate in Wakanda. So you do like Wakanzaa. Wakanzaa. Kwanzaa in Wakanda. That Black Panther, been a the, the Wakanzaa special. Yeah, and then imagine just do... coming straight off the back of Wakanda Forever with a Wakanzaa special. <laughs> and then you could do like um, is I, I think is Moon Knight supposed to be Jewish? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, but Moon Knight, Hanukkah. Like, that would have been cool to, to, to look at other holidays. represent, And, like, you know that Marvel, who are so desperate to appear like they they have, you know, the representative mm. interests at heart. This is a way to acknowledge everyone and be like, look, mm. we know that um, Judeo-Christianity is not the only religion that celebrates in December. Uh, so here's some others. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. yeah so that's the the disney plus material for the marvel cinematic universe this year mm. short episode love short it episode love it. um yeah i don't know i'm i feel i said this on the last on the the movie episode which we recorded in person and that energy oh, is, that is so lost it's lost in this mm. um like i just i feel like i'm stuck with this i need something to shake the series up and I don't think it's an any Andor. of the future projects. Yeah, I need an Andor. Totally. Imagine if the MCU had an Andor. That'd be sick. That's mm. what I want. Andor's the best thing on Disney Plus, like the best Disney Plus original thing. Wow. Even Easy. better than High School Musical, the musical, the mm, series. Okay. Well, I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thanks Sorry listening. if you feel like you were shortchanged with a short episode. If it's any consolation, we're working very hard on several short episodes, I guess, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please consider supporting us at all the places, including following us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also join the Discord where we'll be discussing these shows. Tell us what your favorite or least favorite moment from the Disney Plus crop of MCU stuff was this year. And if you want to support us, you can do so at Patreon patreon.com slash uh where if you donate you can do all sorts of things you get uh, podcasts that are always late you get to tell us which movies you can watch uh, we can watch and you also get to give us something to talk about in the post credit scene coming up right after this music ends merry christmas richard it's not over and yet and merry christmas aj it's not over yet we will join you uh we'll see you guys next week for uh, and an american we all wish tale. you a merry christmas and a happy hanukkah considering an American time. Welcome along to the post credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about in this, the post credit scene. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 ho. Richard, who's it from and what is it? Today's post-credit scene comes to us from Michael Prefontaine. Hello. Who says, if you could deck out one room in your house slash flat in any way you'd like, which room would you choose and what would you do to it? Purely your choice and expense is not an issue. Oh my God. <laughs> if it has to be an existing question. room in my current house, I don't have enough of rooms in this house to do anything with. But I mean, obviously, the obvious answer is going to be like a cinema room, right? Right. I'm going to, uh, like, I would deck it out hmm. 
with the like a really nice screen, a really nice dimmable lights, maybe some little strip lighting in there. Mm. And I would what, what I would do there's like that stuff you can get where you get like the the neon strip lighting that goes behind the screen and you can like sync it up to the screen so that it like continues the light of whatever's on the screen. Mm. If you know what I mean, nice. so if there's yeah. like red yeah. on one side of the screen, it'll you know. Yeah, I get it. That's what I would do. Nice. I would uh, do a very expensive. Um, what's it called? Uh, home sandwich room. No, what's the um sandwich room? Home makeover. Ex- extreme makeover. Home extreme edition. makeover. Home edition on my little loft that I live in. The the attic mm. in which I'm recording right now, shirtless with the window closed, and it is so stuffy one of the biggest problems with this room is that i get through this into this room from a trap door in the floor and the trap door is placed where the best part to put the bed would be like it's i can't <laughs> put the bed in the most ideal point because that's where the door is you open that door there is an incredibly precarious staircase uh leading out um that i'm one one day i will fall down that staircase and de- like hurt myself greatly it will happen yeah, it would probably be pretty funny. Yeah, and I'll probably die. Uh, so my <laughs> idea has always been, I'm looking right at, at this window that I always keep the blinds shut on. I would change the window in front of me to a door. I would then put a spiral staircase outside this window that leads down to my house's courtyard and get rid of the precarious steps so that it's more of like a sleep out situation i would uh take the the slanted walls in this room and make them straight and and uh so that they i can put things up against the wall instead of having all this weird angled space um i would probably put a like a a a um ensuite in here i would uh put a, a um, heat pump in here to, to to keep the the temperature cool but make it so that it's quiet i would do so much to this room to make it better but no matter what i do to this room it will still be next to a kindergarten so ideally what <laughs> i actually want is to move house <laughs> that's actually what i want to do imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.